All right, so we're going to trust that Rebecca has her animal story. Oh, oh, we are. Okay. I suggested a lot of them. I know. Trying to guess which one you were going to have, and apparently you don't use any normal news sources to find them, so I don't even know what weird thing you've got. I just go in and search when I'm looking for one. Kayla, once again, I will tell you that you are not normal. Most people do not set up Google News Alerts for random animal things. Well, okay, that's fine. Or for things that they're interested in, like... I guess people don't do that. Welcome to the Barely Saved Podcast, where we have the discussions real Christians don't have. Here's your hosts. I'm Caleb. I'm adjusted. I'm the parent of a teenager. Yeah, Matt's Matt's the parent of a teenager. How how is that teenage parenting life? Is it significantly different than yesterday when it was pre-teenage parenting? I have not noticed a difference yet. Have you talked to your child more than like five minutes in, during this time to actually know? I did. Yeah, we actually did have a little conversation this morning. Okay. Listen, here's the thing. I got a birthday hug, so it can't be that different Aww. yet. Fair. Fair point. Give it a little bit of time. That that makes sense. I'll let you know in... Uh... Yeah, I feel like I already have a teenager with how Minerva's attitude is. Oh, no, it'll be different when she's a teenager. I'm aware, but man, it feels like it right now. I have had that age that... Uh, I know it's not a three-nager, but it's a three-nager. It's like a three-nager and a seven and eight-year-old old body. Right, and you're just like, seriously, child? Yeah. But the eye rolling gets more extreme. I guess I just wasn't allowed to get away with like eye rolling. Oh, oh, there's no getting away. They just do it. Like you can tell them not to do it. Just doesn't matter. They still. I guess I just had all my troubles as a younger kid with all of my attachment issues. And then as a teenager, it was relatively easy. I, I think that if we grilled parents, there might be a different response than that. Oh, no, there would not be. Deep down. Actually, we've talked about this. Like, I was the troubled terror as a child, but as a teenager, I was easy. She's had conversations with all of the parents. All the parents. All the teachers. There was no problems. She was perfect child. All six of mine. You know what? I say that, but then Rebecca's like, all six of my parents? And I'm like, well, she does have a bigger pool of people to talk to than the average. And... um. I I did not say I was perfect. I said I was a pretty easy teen, is what I said. So that's relative. I mean, we get eye rolls, but it, like it's pretty easy. Um, I mean, well, you're just starting the teen journey. I'm just saying I wasn't like, I wasn't crazy. Mm, I've met you. I'm not sure I believe that. I wasn't a crazy teen. I just, I didn't do crazy stuff. I didn't do stupid stuff. Mm, crazy has many definitions. Right. I just feel like your idea of a crazy teen is like on the extreme. Right. Where the truth is teens are crazy. So you were a crazy teen because you were a teen. I just wasn't like. You weren't the rambunctious. You weren't the, the stereotypical rambunctious. No, I wasn't the one my parents had to worry about. I mean, I wasn't either, but I was still not a good person. I wasn't terrible. I, I'm not normal, so I'm not going to speak to how I was as a teenager. Yeah, you really shouldn't. Um, so I had surgery yesterday. Seems to go well. Um, we'll see. How would you know you weren't awake for it? Well, of course I wasn't awake for it. That would have been terrible. I know how much pain I was in when I woke up from surgery. And I'm glad that I was asleep during it. Yes. Um, so I have a question just about our content today. Is that we haven't addressed the fact that today is Holocaust Remembrance. Um you mean a week ago was Holocaust Remembrance? No, isn't it? It's today. Isn't it today? Yeah, but when the podcast comes out, it will be a week ago. But we could still, I don't know. I just figured we should, if that was something we want to talk about, because there was. We can talk about Mouse being uh, banned in Tennessee. Mouse being banned. Have you seen Have you seen the article on um, like anti-vaxxers making a gold Star of David patch and putting it on coats? That's old school, right? That's been around for a while. I just I just saw it recently. So 
Oh, they've been doing that for a hot minute. Have they? It's just coming back up towards around this, apparently. I don't know. I, I don't even try to keep track of what people are doing anymore. I mean, I do, but I just... I get tired of trying to figure out things. He has Google He has Google news alerts for it, but he's not trying to track anything. Right? Apparently, other people don't do news alerts. No, normal people don't do them. Yeah, I agree. I just don't understand. Like, how do you keep up to date on certain things if you don't, like, have news alerts for them? You just search for it. Do you just never keep up to date? Yeah, why would I keep up to date? I have enough... Caleb, there's, I don't know if you know this, but there's a, a certain portion of scripture that says tomorrow has enough troubles for itself. Uh-huh. Just worry about today. The rest of the world has enough trouble for itself. I won't worry about this office. I mean, that's fair. Right? But I, I don't know. I get lots of good, high quality stories. Most of my news alerts, honestly, are for animal related things because they're just fun. Yeah, I just don't. Um, All right. Do you guys have any updates you want to share? So the podcast came out today. Caleb, Caleb tweeted it. So yes. If you missed it. Sorry. But you should follow us on Twitter. We we do things on Twitter. Yeah. Fairly safe. We also have a group. Podcast. We do have. And there'll be links to both of those in the show notes. Caleb wrote what we talked about in the, the title. Uh-huh. And I didn't remember any of it this morning. So I don't know if that what that says about me. And now I'm like. Wait, Matt, were you on? Were you on last week? I don't remember. <laughs> and that's part of the problem. You don't remember talking about the twin elephants or the Sunday school lessons and the circumcision conversation? The Sunday school lesson is what brought me back to remembering. Yeah. But no, uh, up until that point, I was just confused. You, you didn't remember the Afghanistan conversation at the end? No, I did not. Wow. I, as of the next day, it was out of my brain. So when we talk about news alerts, Caleb, I can't remember what happened the day before sometime. Caleb, you heard, you saw my polo yesterday where I said, hey, I made this acronym. Oh, I should write this acronym down. And it was less than 30 seconds until I pulled out my phone. And I didn't. I mean, we all do that sometimes. Mm. If we all do that, I feel bad for humanity because I was, I was told that some people did not do that. I don't know who those people are because I do that and I'm weird. But as before, as aforementioned, you are not normal. Most, most people, when they come up with an acronym, don't remember it all the time. Like, no, you, you forget a letter. What? Not within like 15 seconds. Within 30 seconds of, of writing it down. Like that's not, and that's a, that's a regular occurrence for me. There's a reason why my nickname in high school was Dory. Yeah. Well, we solved what it was. We solved like. I had lots of suggestions. <laughs> it was amazing. Some of them were even halfway decent. Yeah. I think uh, I think I ended up using um, respond because that being the action. Which is sad. I felt like you should have used rewind. Rewind or reread was also a good one that, that we talked about, though. So I liked Rigatoni personally, but. <laughs> Rigatoni. <laughs> All right. Yeah, those are. I don't know if I have any. Reverse, reverse, crisscross. Um, so our we 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 have been discussing what should be our um, Pastor Becky animal story for the last two days. I was going to talk about the two new dog breeds. Pastor Becky's animal corner. Yeah, I, I don't know about this story. Oh, shut up, Matt. See, Rebecca, uh, uh, let me let me give, let me give background. A couple of days ago, Rebecca told us that she had her news story. And so me being me and having news alerts set up for all of the animal stories um, was trying to guess what they all were. And I sent like seven or eight different suggestions, none of which were what she was already thinking. But also some of which were uh, okay. And so now I need to find out what she goes with. So I well, I had two in my mind earlier. The first one was about the Smithsonian National Zoo welcoming a baby porcupine, oh, yeah. which is just super cute. Um, so that was my first one when I first said I had an animal story. Um, and then... Hold on. Can I ask a question about the, the baby porcupine before we go on? Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. We'll put a link in the show notes. 
Are these rare? No, but it's a porcupine. And porcupines are cute when they're babies. They're known as porcupets. Okay. The animal soy does not need to be rare. It's true. I just feel like if it's if it's newsworthy, there has to be something novel about it. And I thought maybe that there was something there. But anyways. Well, and there's just a video of a cute porcupine. And then I was like, actually, there's been two new dog breeds added to the AKC, which a lot of people might not care about, but I do. So I thought that would be fun. But then. That would be on Pastor Becky brand. It would be on brand. Um, so then. Um, but Caleb had all his animal stories and I liked the one about the, the Ghana dogs being rescued from a meat plant in Ghana. But then Caleb found this TikTok, I think is what we're going to go with because it is on brand for the barely saved bears. I haven't seen this TikTok. Oh, Matt, it is. It is a treat. It makes me really happy. Well, that is not a full grown bear. No, it's a bear cub. I mean, it's at least a year old. Isn't it awesome? If not two. Yeah, so... I mean, it's it's wean, probably. Do you want to describe the uh, bear video for us, Matt? Yes. Oh, Matt? Okay, go ahead, Matt. Or, or Rebecca, but... You know. So there... I think Matt's going to have more fun with this. There's, a, there's Mama Bear and two cubs, and they're in the road. And appropriately, traffic is slowed down, right? Yeah. It's not, it looks like traffic might just be stopped for some reason anyway. That person's trying to get out of their car, and that seems like a bad idea. But yeah, the one in the background, at least they have their hazard lights on. The person sticks, rolls down the window to this cub. Again, maybe two years old, not that much older. It's still much smaller than mom. Mm-hmm. Those are grizzlies, though, aren't they? Yeah, the brown bears. It stands up and high fives. It's so cute standing up. Oh my gosh, I love it. I want to hug it. The person who put their hand out of the door, I don't know if he intended to get a high five, and mom is not completely sure about what's happening either. But Bear stands up, hops, like reaches to give a high five, and then the guy puts his, pulls his hand back, and then he puts his hand back out, and Bear high fives, and then walks off. And mom is kind of walking towards and observing, going... And mom is now walks over towards the car like, what are you, are you? Yeah, mom, mom looks like she might be making some noise. I think the bear thinks the, the person's going to give him something. Probably. It's like, I want a treat and all you're giving me is a high five. The person in the front who has their car door open, I don't understand. Right. I mean, honestly, it's, it's a little weird to have her window down, but. Yeah, the Newsweek article says. Uh, while this is cute and makes you appreciate bears, it's actually not smart as it puts the bears in potential danger down the road. Yeah, or... Because now you're making the bears willing to let go up to people and high-five them. And if you have a fully grown bear coming up to you and trying to give you a high-five, you're not going to perceive that as a high-five. Just saying. Where is this? Um. So, hold on. I, I have the actual TikTok gal. Let me see. The Newsweek article doesn't say where it actually is. If not friend, why the high five? Why is the fluffy friend shaped? That's a comment on the TikTok. She does not have any data that would tell me where. I was just kind of trying to look at the comments to see if. I mean, it looks like the Pacific Northwest. It does look like the Pacific Northwest. And those look like brown bears. Because there are trees with leaves. Hold on. Instagram. Oh, now you're going to stalk the woman on Instagram? She put an Instagram handle on her TikTok. This is a really... This is a really bad idea. I'm just being funny. High-fiving a bear? Well, yes, it is. Her TikTok doesn't help me find anything out about her. But on her on her Instagram, she has a link to her Facebook and her Facebook, she lives in Sacramento. Oh my gosh. Interesting. So this could be this could be in like the north, um, in like Northern California too. That's, that's gonna be my guess. Cause the lady's from Sacramento. So I'm gonna go with somewhere it's around about there. Which some people still count California as the Pacific Northwest. So you know. 
I think you could call it Northern California, but Sacramento is not Northern California. Yeah, there's just not a clear like where, what's the cutoff for in Southern California. Like, where, where's the? It's not like we have a Sahara Desert to crop off California from not being the Pacific Northwest. So uh, anyway, so go enjoy that TikTok, you guys. If you see bears outside of your car while you're driving, you might be able to give them a high five, but that's probably not a good idea. I I, I just I kind of love the stunned reaction on like all of the bears part. You have the bear that did the high five kind of sit down and go. That's it. Say what? Uh, they actually gave me a high five. Um, and then the other bear, like there was a comment on the TikTok that the, that the other bear was like, mom, <laughs> Jeff's touching a person. <laughs> and, the, and then you have the mother bear kind of going, what the crap did you just do? Um, don't touch the butt. And uh, so that was really happy. I love it. I still like the videos of Methuselah being petted for the record. And there'll be a link in the show notes to that. Yeah, that's a, that's a fish who likes belly rubs. It's the oldest lungfish in the world that we know of. It's the oldest fish in captivity, they said. Like, it, I mean, it's impressive. So we're going to talk about all the animal stories today, apparently, and not just do one. And I didn't think we were going to talk about the caiman in Texas. I didn't look that one up. Um, that's why I didn't. Oh, there's not much to it besides that there's a video of a three foot long caiman that was pulled out of a drug lord's house oh that's it i mean if i was running drugs i might keep a caiman too but and there's actually been a lot more animal stories we just didn't talk about them like there's a video of a fox and a dog that became friends oh my gosh it's like fox and the hound all right so we're going to talk about encanto i have an article the uh, best Disney movie that's come out in the last six months. Can we say that? <laughs> yes. Wait, does that include Spider-Man? That's a Marvel movie. Okay, but still Disney. It's a Disney movie. It's still, this is still better than Spider-Man. And I'm even saying Spider-Man, I know it. I, I, I did enjoy Spider-Man. I don't know. Yeah, but just because you enjoyed it doesn't mean it was a good movie. It's definitely the best Disney branded movie. Like, I enjoyed Anchorman, but it's not the best movie. I did not. We really don't need to go down this rabbit hole. We could just Too late. say that it's the best animated Disney movie that came out. No, no. It's the best Disney movie in the past 27 years. It's not better than Star Wars. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. No, 100% no better way. than Star Wars. Mm-mm. This it's not, even a, it's not even close. Mm-mm. Here we go. Okay, how about we just actually talk about the movie and all of its goodness instead of um, arguing about whether it's better than Star Wars or better than Marvel or better than any other movie. Let's just say that it's a really awesome movie and talk about the movie. That's not how this works. Yeah, first off, you know better than that. <laughs> it's the best movie for the last 29 years. And the only movie that might be better than this in the Disney franchise is Aladdin. The live action or the... The new Aladdin? Nope. Original. Mm. 1992. That's why I said the last 29 years. It's the best movie in the last 29 years. It's not even close. The, the animated Aladdin has too much has too much uh, eye candy for me. Encanto's better. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to put that out there. Um, I'm not going to say that it's the best. So what did you guys think about Encanto in general? Caleb, I should understand how your opinions on Encanto like even matter at this point. But uh, first off, my opinion doesn't matter. OK, as long as we're clear on that one. It um... does my opinion matter. Not really, no. I don't know. Where do you put it on the Disney films? That's what matters here. Um, the thing is, it it was uh, Disney has shifted since. Mm, I think you can mark the shift with Frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, although Brave, maybe as well. Brave was up there, but is Brave a Disney movie? Yes. Yes, it's Pixar. They shifted into the realm of we're going to do movies that make a difference right like the lion king great retelling of hamlet but yeah whatever it's just a movie it's a great movie but it's just a movie um pocahontas has a lot of problems uh (laughs) like you look at like finding nemo finding nemo has like a good theme to it but it doesn't carry the weight of brave and frozen and Encanto. 
I think I would argue that Lilo and Stitch does to a degree. You could you could make an argument there, but I don't know at that point if Disney had intended to do that. Right. Which I feel like they are now. That felt more like uh, it just kind of happened. Um, I, I'd be curious to know how many movies came out between like Lilo and Stitch and Frozen. Um, I think Brave came out before. They made the switch a while ago, right? Like you have Inside Out, which, you know, teaches you that depression is caused by not giving sadness its proper place. That was 2015. Brave was Brave was 2012. Brave was 2012 because we watched it on our honeymoon. So Milan came out in 98. Yeah, but Milan didn't make that kind of a shift. It was just a good movie. Okay, so Lilo and Stitch came out in 2002. Yes. And then you had Treasure Planet and Brother Bear. I'd, I'd say Brother Bear kind of fits into that. Um, Never watched Brother Bear. Can't make a judgment. <gasps> really? Yeah, it wasn't that good. What? Okay, so I've made a good decision in not watching it. Good to know. Tell everybody I'm on my way. <laughs> okay. They they really tried to do something with Brother Bear, but it just kind of... And and you had Princess and the Frog and Tangled, which are the other two like princessy movies. Um, I mean, Tangled is Stanley's fa- favorite movie. Like, Stanley loves Tangled. And Tangled's good, again, but it doesn't have that same that same feel to it like like brave and frozen and so inside out caleb definitely the shift that we're talking about is a shift from having an external villain to the villain or the bad things being the choices that we make that's that's what we're talking about entangled is definitely still external villains um but that horse stanley just likes to watch the horse on from tangled he just he he loves it so frozen had an external villain too though yeah, but it had an external villain because of the choices that Anna made. Right. Um, and and Frozen and Big Hero 6 came out um the same month. Or like no, they came off they came they came out a year apart. Um but Frozen just overshadowed Big Hero 6, which is unfortunate because it is awesome. Um but then yeah, because then we get Frozen, Moana, Frozen 2, Raya, and then Encanto. I feel like you there's a a gap there, like with Inside Out, and so Inside Out. This is just Disney, so Inside Out isn't on. This she's she's talking Disney branded. Inside Out is a Pixar. And so I think you saw like Disney switching their princess movies to specifically the... their princess movies, yeah. And 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 talking about their princess movies inside of the familial structure, and mm-hmm. removing like Caleb mentioned outside villains to a certain extent, where the family dynamics become. The thing that is key to the relation to to the storyline, mm-hmm. right? Mulan had that, but she's out of the family within a couple minutes, right? Um, so I think when when we look at like Encanto, like we have this beautiful film that just talks about a family that has a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. but hasn't talked about that trauma, right? It hasn't been addressed. And it really opens up the the ability for people to talk about emotional trauma, like Inside Out ha- gave people the ability to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, mental health. It like Brave gave people the ability to talk about expectations, mm-hmm. right? Like Frozen, same thing with that expect the expectations put on you. Um, and I think that that's what makes Disney's this era of Disney films different and i would say better because they're no longer just talking about they're they're no longer quaint stories that we're reimagining for today Mm -hmm. we're actually telling stories that can shape the future yeah uh they've they've embraced what i'm calling the mr rogers idea where the very same people that do good sometimes are the very same people who do bad sometimes uh, they're they're embracing that idea and making the stories nuanced and complicated and in such a way that like there's not a villain in this story, but yet there's villains in the story. The conflict there does not have to be driven by a villain, mm-hmm. which is interesting because they try to set Bruno up as as the villain. Um, and then. I mean, because and even the whole song of "We Don't Talk About Bruno" completely misrepresents him uh, in every every aspect. Like, there's nothing accurate 
um, accurately portraying about him um, within that song. There is, but that's a whole other thing. Right. Well, because it's the genius of Lin Manuel Miranda. When when somebody future tells, um, and then the future telling is of bad things, people assume that they're the ones that caused it. Yeah, the whole song's in C minor, and do until you get to Isabella and uh, Dolores, and both of theirs are in C major. Um, so you get the feel of yeah, there is something here, but he's being misconstrued with the C minor. Um, so that's that leads me to a couple things that I've heard talked about. Um, one of them is uh, Lima Will Miranda when he did in in the Heights the the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there were complaints that the cast was still too white and it it wasn't white but it was light-skinned individuals mm-hmm. um and he took that to heart and you can see that in encanto it's not that right there are various um skin tones for the main characters so i just watched encanto again yesterday um and i think what's so interesting is Mirabelle is painted as, you know, being like the least special of her family and, and not being gifted and not having anything to serve with. And then come to find out that for everybody else, like their gifts ultimately have not been gifts. Uh, they've been burdens essentially in which to um, just prop up and like continue the work for their miracle um, instead of it actually being a gift that they got to like celebrate and, and like live a happy life with. Um, And we see Mirabelle, essentially her greatest skill is like breaking through the, the, is is seeing through the crap, right? Like getting Louisa to to break, getting Isabella to break, Um, even getting Bruno to come back. Like her, even though she didn't get an official gift, like she did get, the what do you mean she didn't get an official gift she got the best gift which is the whole house at the end yeah i still call bs on that she didn't get a room no she got literally the whole house all of the rooms are hers no because the whole point of at the end of the movie is that they're united and building a solid foundation together and it's not divided up amongst them in this like weird and so she takes they still got their own rooms the doorknob and she gets the whole house and then she still sleeps in the nursery right does she get to kick them out no because she doesn't want that's the point is that she doesn't choose to right but i mean i still feel for mirabelle her gift was being able to restore the family which is way more magical than being able to talk to animals sure i'm i'm fine with her listen i'm fine with her gift i'm sad about her not having a room yeah me too she's stuck in the nursery forever that's kind of sad my, my understanding, and maybe I need to go back and rewatch more closely again, but it seemed like at the end of the movie, the rooms weren't, they didn't have that like uh, divisive quality anymore. And they all just had like normal rooms. No, I don't think so. No, they still had, they still had the pictures on the doors. I'm going to, I'm going to fast forward. Hold please. And I thought she had one. I'm like 97% sure. No, she got the doorknob to open up the house with the whole family's picture on it, but it was a doorknob with her initial on it. And when she put it on the door and opened it, the whole house magicked back together. But I'm pretty sure the the, end of it, the other people still all had their own rooms or whatever. So Minerva pointed out in like the second time she watched it that when Mirabelle is going to open the doorknob, like she touches the candle and she goes, she wipes her hands off before she touches the door. And so that was Minerva picked that up. Like the second watching it was like, she wiped off the magic. Like that's why she didn't get a gift. I don't think that's what happened there. And maybe not, but I think they want you to think that. I don't think she wiped her hands off. I think she held her hands together. No, she wiped them. I guarantee you. I might have to rewatch it. She did wipe them. Yeah, but she didn't even touch the candle at the end. So Right. But I'm saying the beginning. Yeah. I th- I think it's just Bruno had already seen the vision that she's going to, you know. No, she didn't. No, he hadn't yet. That hadn't happened yet? Nope. That happens after yeah. 
because uh, Abuela wants him to look at uh, wants Bruno to look at the vision after she doesn't get it. Because no, fam, their doors are all go back. I said that. I I'm watching it to confirm. She puts the doorknob on. It's a family house, and the house waves to her. So in this article, it does a screen grab of um, Mirabelle wiping her hands on her. Yeah, I just don't think that's it. I think the house knew that they all needed someone to uh, to help, to be that glue. She's taking Abuela's place, because Abuela's going to die. And so Mirabelle will be the new Abuela. Yeah. Right. But that still could have been part of it. I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, she doesn't get a door. I'm still upset about it. Uh, I But Abuela didn't have a door. She did. Abuela had a door. Maybe when Abuela dies in a couple years, she can take it. I think that's what'll happen. Yeah. And I maybe I just must have missed that because I swear she got at least her own space. She did. The nursery. There's no more kids. When Antonio moved out, she got her own room back. Yeah, I think that the 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 magic is that she is who she is. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone else needs something, and she doesn't because she is who she is everybody else thinks they need something and it is at the end when everybody realizes they don't actually need the thing um i don't know if they realize that i don't know if they realize that they just lost it and we're like well i guess we still have to live somewhere yeah louisa still very much identifies with her strength at the end can you identify with your with your gift or your strength but like still not need it i mean of course they didn't need it they all lost it while the entire time they were rebuilding the house Right. So obviously they didn't need their gifts, but they're it also still to a certain extent is core to their identity, which is fine. Yeah, I think that that's part of it. But the the whole point of the movie is that you with introspection, you can undo generational trauma. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And you can heal. Yeah. I think it really highlights the 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 fear and the uh the fear of what it takes to to dive in and deal with that generational trauma and the impact that it has and that that's scary and that it's really hard and so that's why we see abuela freak out and see her operate out of her fear and out of her her trauma which which you don't actually get to see the full amount of abuela's trauma until the end of the movie um, which i thought was also interesting that's really the point is that a lot of times we, so can I tell a story? When Amanda and I were dating, her parents had a rule that she had to get a college degree before we get married. Now that didn't happen. Should I get a degree before you got married? Okay. A college degree before we got married. So, okay. I was like, whatever. So then I found out the reason the. She got a baby instead. Right. <laughs> um, Different degree. So, and part of it was that she, her, her mom had to get a degree before they could get married, Mm -hmm. which didn't make any sense. Right. It's like, whatever, this seems like an arbitrary thing. Well, come to find out Amanda's grandma Mm -hmm. got kicked out of nursing school because she got married. So this was in a time where you couldn't be married and go to nursing school. So. Amanda's grandfather made the rule that his daughter had to finish her degree before she got married. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes sense. But for Amanda, it became more arbitrary. Like there wasn't this link back to experience. And I think so often in, in our familial lives, things happen which we don't talk about. And that experience is never is never dropped. Now, I don't know. Maybe Amanda's dad knew about that. That's not important. But the the point of the story is, for me, is that whenever you see these things that happen in a family, it's important to pass down the familial traditions. Like our, we, we just don't do that as much. Well, and not just the traditions, but pass down the stories that, like, for the reasons why. A lot of times we pass down the tradition. Right. But not the actual understanding of the story. I mean, I think we could argue that the the story include the the story is part of the tradition or it should be yeah but in your example there it wasn't because you didn't find out about that part of the story until later i didn't find out I, and again i don't know who knew it but i didn't know it until i heard 
Granny talking about it. And I was like, oh, this all makes sense now. All the pu- the all the puzzle pieces are falling into place. Mm-hmm. And so, and like when you talk to um, people who have been through difficult things, it can often be hard for them to talk about those things. But it's also really important for those things to be passed down to the next generation. Because if they're not passed down to the next generation, things get lost. And trauma lost is things unknown. Like we have a, a whole group of people who will actively deny that the Holocaust happened because for a lot of men who fought in World War II, that was trauma they didn't want to talk about. And so it didn't get passed down. Right. In Germany, we know that that doesn't exist because they talk about that trauma. It gets passed down. Yeah. And and those conversations happen. America has this, and not just America, but America specifically has this inability to talk about that past trauma. And Encanto shows us like it is important to talk about and feel that trauma so that your present is better. Mm-hmm. I think it, it highlights to the kind of the, the generational struggle of, of, try, of like Mirabelle trying to do the right thing. And she's probably a little bit um, over overzealous. And um, it's like when Moana comes running back and is like, I know how to find the fish. Like I know how to save the whatever without like stopping and thinking it through and just like approaching the people like one-on-one, <laughs> like coming into a big herd right. of, you know, and we were like, the house is in danger. Like, um, and so you set yourself up to, um, to not be taken seriously, but it is a, then a commentary on like, not dismissing uh, the curiosity and the, or, or the care of, of the next generation uh, as well, because we do a disservice when we don't pass on. Um, and, and for, and like when we, when we see Abuela, like completely minimize and gaslight Mirabelle essentially to be like, no, this is all your fault and uh, nothing is wrong um, uh, in order to try and preserve what they are so scared of losing. Um, the other aspect of that, that just from a spiritual perspective is really, uh, resonated was, um, the lyrics in the first song and the family, in the family, family Madrigal is focusing on, you know, we have to do, we have to do these things. We have to serve all these people in order to like earn the miracle that we were given. Um, and so instead of doing it out of just like care for other people or being able to uh, just share your gifts with the world, there's this pressure that says, I have to, I had to earn this gift. Um, would you, would you call it surface pressure? <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but, but also a, um, but just as a, as a deeper spiritual truth of like, how often do we try to perform in order to prove that we've like earned salvation we've earned Christ's sacrifice we've earned something along those those lines and the whole point is to not have like we didn't and therefore the gifts need to be used out of love and care for him and for his kingdom but not out of oh my gosh I have to perform um so there's just there's so much good there's so much good in it and I love that Mirabelle wore glasses too um that like made me really happy you just say that because you're a glasses person I know, but when was the last Disney, I guess she's not a Disney princess, but when was the last like Disney princess who wore glasses? I I just saw it as the device that she sees what's going on and it matches Bruno's coat. It's still cool that she wears glasses. So I'm I'm with Matt that it's all about her being able to see. Oh, that's the other thing. The commentary of Tia Peppa, uh, her like weather magic is in the songs always talked about that as negative, like that it's bad when she's showing her like emotions um, and that Abuela has is like the one who gives her the hard time about it. Right. But she, there's multiple times in the movie, not in song, but in, in different points in the movie where she's happy and weather's happening. Uh, and so it's like, again, a, a deeper commentary on like emotion and like, Oh, it's just, it was all good. It was all good. I don't know how Tia Peppa was as light skinned as she was with how dark her two parents were, but that's okay. So there's lots of layers in the movie. I, I really enjoy it. Most of the songs. The movie is um, like an onion. Which which song is your favorite song from the movie? I think that's that's the 
crucial questions. I, I really like surface pressure personally. From a mother female pastoral perspective, surface pressure is there's only one answer to this and you're both wrong. And it's Bruno. No. It's dos oreguitas. Yeah, actually. Dos Oreguitas is beautiful. I I was wrecked by Dos Oreguitas at the end of the movie when I watched it with subtitles. I, I do have to say, that is the one that I find myself just singing as, I, as I'm going through life. So question, who are the Dos Oreguitas? It's Abuela and Maribel. Butterflies? I always thought it was Abuela and Pedro. It's both. And that's why I love it so much, because it is both of them. And it's just the thing I don't like, and I explain... I, complained about this to my wife is that um in the english version yeah it's just not as good yeah when i when we watched it on disney plus versus in theaters where you have subtitles and it was singing it in spanish um but giving you the english subtitles i was wrecked like i i had gotten emotional in the the end of the movie in theaters but then watching reading the lyrics along with this it was like oh this is this is brutal i mean that song is slow enough that i could understand it Mm -hmm. because i can like i know enough spanish that i can understand spanish when i can read it or when people are talking slowly yes when when spanish speakers talk at normal speed i'm lost nope it's such a fast language. And so is French, like as far as languages go. Uh, like French people who talk French talk so fast. And I'm like, wait, there were three words in there? Hold on, slow it down for me, please. Do they do they talk French or do they speak French? Uh are, are, are you going to attempt to police my grammars? I believe that both are correct. Are you guys ready for this tweet? I'm going to read it. You read two weeks in a row. Matt can read it. Did I read last week? Yes. I thought I read last week. Matt read last week. No, I said that Matt should read last week. But then Matt was like, no, but Rebecca was so excited. And so you read the one from Mama Beth about Wordle. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that is true. I forgot about that. All right, Matt, you can read this. This is from some... Bag on the internet. Jeff Wright. We don't name call Matt. Oh, we don't? Matt. Here comes the tweet. Do-do-do-do. My family was late to Encanto and was told good things about it. Can't get past Louisa just being a dude in a dress, though. Quote, strong woman has to be literally strong. It's exhausting. That drip, drip, drip pressure song she sings and is just stuff a guy would sing too. And you guys, it's a thread. So. Yeah. Listen, this is why people are transgendered. Yep. It's a big reason why. Because she's not feminine. She is a man. Get the fuck out of here. Like. I don't even understand. And like, there are women, there are women in this world who may not look, ex- the point of Louis, uh, Lisa is that she is strong. Like they wanted to yeah. physically show her as having a strong build and being yeah. strong. And there are women who are built strong. And so I just don't understand. And like, it's, it's not, and it's not like they didn't also make her curvy. No, she very clearly has a female body. Yeah. She literally, the only thing that she has is a larger frame and biceps. Yeah, which, like, my sister has biceps. This guy has apparently never seen a bodybuilder. Yeah, or, I mean, like, my response was, like, American Ninja Warrior. Like, you you see the upper body that women build in order to succeed on on those courses. Like, they they have muscles, and they are defined. Like, it it's it's such a catering to cultural gender stereotypes instead of just acknowledging that we need to we need to like support all the different body types that come with it and and when we put especially 
not even just especially when we put men and women into boxes and say, you're supposed to look, look like this in order to be feminine or be masculine. No wonder we have an entire cavalcade of people questioning where they belong because we've told them that if they don't fit into these boxes, then, well, you must be non-binary or, I mean, that, that's, that's the logical conclusion. Right. And it's so stupid. Like cultures around the world have had strong women and they've been literally strong. I mean, American culture has had strong women and they've been literally strong. Right. And, but like, not, not in this guy's view. And I just don't get it. It feels incredibly regressive. It feels ridiculous. It's, it's a 12, 12 tweet thread is what we have here. Plus the ones he's tacked on after. His seven part one is that here's the takeaway. Disney is deeply, deeply committed to using their access to children's lives to shape what children think of as normal. That's young brain is a sponge practice and aesthetics. Disney doesn't use it. Do you? And I'm in this case. Yes, I am glad that Disney is using it to show strong women, to, to be a woman who's strong, to see a woman who likes flowers and succulents in the end, um, to see a mixed, a mixed race couple in Thea Peppa and um, I forget the name of the uncle. Um, and we've, we can see the information that Louisa toys are outselling other ones. Like girls like Louisa, like she represents something they aspire to be strong and yet also in touch with their feelings. Yes. And, and I just don't understand why that's a bad thing. Like in this world, why is this negative? And of course there's all this stuff, but it's like, Someone mentioned there was a whole sub thread somewhere about the Proverbs 31 woman and how she's strong. And someone's like, well, it doesn't mean that she's literally like, how would you get literally strong? And it's like she planted a vineyard. Right. The person just listed the things in the in Proverbs 31. And they're like, well, that that's I don't know where you're getting that. Who's like, it's literally in the chapter. <laughs> so you have these issues of people who have a mental image of what biblical femininity is, but haven't read the text and don't know what it is. Right, because the view of femininity they have is 1960s and 70s American women. It's driving a tent stake through the skull of a man. It's leading men into battle. It's it's doing those kinds of things. It's prophesying and telling men to repent. It's, it's keeping spies safe when they're on a journey. It's dying fabric and all like it's it's all of these things. It's lying to the king and saying, hey, their babies come too fast. We don't know what to do. Like all of those are biblical femininity. And yet if you told someone that a woman could lie like that, they get pissed off at you. Well, and then he's taking the cognitive leap and because his very next thread is screenshotting a tweet from Planned Parenthood that is like we need a Disney princess who's had an abortion and those and those things. And so then there's taking this cognitive leap that. It's a cognitive flying leap that because you've you've made a woman who is physically strong and actually has muscles to show for it, somehow that is going to lead girls into having abortions. Like that's not how this works. And the fact that you have pigeonholed femininity so much that that is your that's your like direct correlation, like you've missed the point. And it is so remarkably frustrating nothing about this whole movie would even lead you to think that disney is considering a disney princess who has an abortion like the the tweet from planned parenthood sure they tweeted that that's a thing that they should have but that is not at all coming out of encanto and that's not at all where disney's going and planned parenthood of course here's the thing here's what this dude in his messed up brain doesn't understand that tweet by Planned Parenthood is literally the, what he's doing. They're saying the same thing on different sides of the spectrum. Yes. And he just doesn't get that. Does not compute in his little pea brain. Yes, because we all know that political extremism is a horseshoe. And he needs to get flung somewhere into an atomic bomb. He's doing the same thing at the right side as what the left side does. I just don't, I just don't get it. I just don't get it, guys. It's because you're in the U-Bend looking at the other end of the horseshoe, seeing a totally different universe. It's true. And it comes down to what I said, what I've asked the question multiple times to people, to friends of mine or people in conversation who are pretty staunchly complimentarian. Um, 
is what are masculine qualities that you would not want your daughter to have? Muscles. <laughs> and what are feminine qualities that you wouldn't want your son to have? Boobs. <laughs> We've solved it. There we go. <laughs> Because we want, I think, and that's the thing of all the, like, you know, the boy mom kind of posts in particular on social media that are like, we want to raise our sons who are like courageous men, all these things. Um, and, and they're speaking like nurturing and courageous, all those things. They're, they're, they're like bordering on this line of, well, we don't want to, we don't want to address the fact that we want to raise our sons to be good men with feminine characteristics but we want them to be good men with feminine char char characteristics well of course we do before we move on i just have to read this tweet from from beth from 36 second, seconds ago beloved fellow nerdles i don't get to do my wordle until late tonight after bible study dang it but i'm cheering y'all on and i'm scared to look to see your scores for fear someone may have dropped a hint i'm a wordle purist i'm like the johnny mac of wordle <laughs> And anytime Beth Moore makes a John MacArthur joke, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Caleb, I don't know if you want to include that later, but I'm gonna put it in the show notes. Oh, I'll I'll definitely put it in there because I did my wordle today, of course, because I did mine too. I beat I beat Matt, which makes me happy. You're always gonna beat me. I here's what I do. I do ten different letters at the start. Yes, so do I. Mm -hmm. I don't even care if I get any right. I just do 10 different letters and then I try to eliminate as much as possible because I don't care about getting it high. I care about getting it. I will outstreak everyone. Agreed. Although my first uh, five letters that I guessed, none of them are in there. So. Oh, so let's talk about Wordle. No, let's not talk. What Wordle words. Uh, listen, irate is definitely your first word. And I have started to uh, settle in on punch. As my second word, I use those two words. I use tried and um, plum. All right. So the news and, and this article, I have to give credit where credit is due. This article was brought to my attention by Matt. Oh, no. Not at all in the context of we should talk about this on the podcast. He specifically said we shouldn't talk about this on the podcast. We don't talk about Bruno, no, 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 I don't want to. But he brought it to my attention. Listen, he, he gets the news segment. We don't talk about economy. No, no, you guys don't. We're not talking about the whole economy overall. I just think that it's interesting that, you know, everybody's been all worried about inflation because inflation's real. And at the same time, we've had the biggest growth in the economy in the last, you know, since 1984. I mean, I think that the two are not unlinked. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not unlinked. When the economy grows, inflation grows. That's how it works. And I do think the Fed is doing the right thing by uh, increasing the... Interest rates? Wow, that is a fourth quarter surge if I ever saw one. Q3 2020 obviously knocked out Q2 2020, but man, that Q4 2021... Is no joke. Wow. I don't even, I'm not even good enough to read to like fully understand or explain everything, but I can read that graph. Oof, look at the Great Recession though. That is wild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You forget just how bad it was. Mm hmm. Do we? I do. I do sometimes. Yeah. Cause we were all, I mean, Matt and I were like two years, we were like sophomores in college. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were military, but not yet. I was about to be. <laughs> Turns out when you lose a lot of money in the Great Recession, things start to happen. Yeah. You probably remember it more vividly than I did because I was in college. Unemployment at 3.9%. Yeah, we are at. Yeah. Now, granted, granted, that's a that's not a, a great number. We've been at full employment for a while. I think that the the problem with 100% employment is that we're talking about uh, we're we're still not talking about underemployed people because I do think that is a large space in the economy. But right, right. But full employment is you know when in theory everybody can get a job, everybody that wants a job can get a job in theory, 
And so because of that, uh, people have the power to choose what kind of wages they work for and wages start to increase. So as soon as at the beginning of 2021, we started to see wage increases go, a lot of economists were saying, all right, we're in full employment, even though we're only at, you know, 6% unemployment at that point. Because people who are employees can demand a higher wage and get a higher wage. Yeah. Um, And that doesn't mean that everybody can get a job, but full employment has never meant that. I I mean that. I mean, I'm interested in what... um what the fed does and how it looks because obviously they need to increase interest rates like at this point it's it's just they need to do it and it probably needs to be a little more aggressive than they think it does but they also don't want to slow this down so right because you have this whole thing like when they increase when they increase interest rates uh there will be less money in the economy which is fine because their economy is built on growth and we think we always have to have perpetual growth and they're going to slow that down and so we're going to assume that's a bad thing now, before I go, I would like to point out the joke that I was making by posting this article because I posted it on my Facebook page and said, thanks, Biden. And the joke here is that people are stupid and that Joe Biden has absolutely nothing to do with this. Well, that's not entirely true. Not entirely true. You're right. He doesn't he doesn't take the majority of the credit or the blame for this. Um, there is there are ideas that the. America, whatever he passed. What was that thing called? The American Rescue Plan? Yeah. That that's going to that that's going to make a difference. But gas prices not the president's doing. Well, it is going to make a difference, but it's not going to make a 5.7% difference. No, we're talking like maybe a percent. Um the supply chain problems, not a Biden thing. Like so much of this stuff we we blame the presidency for. And I mean this in, in every sense of both yeah. groups do this. Like the Great Recession was not on George Bush. Now, did the government do did the government do some things that made it possible for that to happen? Yes. But it wasn't like I would argue that the banking policy at the beginning of the George W. Bush administration in two thousand and one and two thousand and two led directly to the Great Recession in 2008. Right, but that took seven, six or seven years, one. Yes. And two, that isn't just on the administration because there was also a Congress that was fully Democratic in two of those uh, terms and could have and could have made some sort of change. Like, th- the thing is, we get, you cannot lay the blame at the foot of the president. Because the the Great Recession was so much larger than just that. Hmm. And it's just frustrating to a certain extent to hear people continually blame the government, continually blame. Yes, they play a role, but they play a role. And I understand that elections are won and lost by is there money in my pocket. But which is the I would argue the worst way to elect. Absolutely the worst way. But it's how we do it, especially to elect presidents, because the president, you aren't electing domestic policy nearly as much. You are foreign policies. Right. And foreign policies play a big role, like we saw with the Trump administration's tariff stupidity. But I don't know. I just get frustrated by the, the politics of the economy when the economy. Listen, Rebecca, don't tell Caleb I said this. The economy is an interesting thing that we should enjoy talking about, but all the joy is sucked from my life because people tie it so hard to the politics that it's like, I just don't care anymore. This is why we should talk about the economy more often, Matt, is because I want to separate it from electoral politics. But nobody else will do that. They'll still bring it back to that. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, we need to set an example. I mean, around our county, we have people who bought or like made stickers of Joe Biden that say, I did that. And they've put it on gas pumps pointing at the gas prices, which is so incredibly stupid. In fact, higher, higher oil and gas prices mean we have more jobs in America. Like, yeah, that's a good thing. Higher gas prices literally create jobs. In North and South Dakota. 
is literally job creation to have $3 a gallon gas. Right. Any less than $3 a gallon gas, we're losing tens of thousands of jobs because it's not profitable. Yeah. It's just, it, it's incredibly short-sighted and naive to blame especially gas. Gas prices are probably the one that get me the most. But because, like, food prices have gone up. I've noticed it going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And we all have, right? The price of chicken's gone up. The price of beef has gone up. Yeah, I paid a dollar five for chicken the other day. My bulk meat ordering company place that I would order from closed suddenly, which they, they pulled a fast one on people like previous owners did too. But anyway, but I'm bummed because I can't buy my bulk chicken anymore. <laughs> and it's just th- those little itty bitty things are not frustrating, but it's more of like a, okay, so now how... Why Why would we blame an administration, especially because gas prices, it's not even hard to think about why it happened. Like gas prices, gas prices were never that low. They just dipped because there was no demand. Right, because people weren't driving anywhere. Right. Weird how gas prices went down that summer. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. All right, I got to go. I have to go take care of things. And then I got to go to this meeting. You guys have been wonderful. I'm sorry that I was late. Thanks for listening to the Barely Safe Podcast. Make sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes, links, and show notes, and merch at barelysafepodcast.com. I just don't know anymore. Nobody knows anymore, Matt. This is why I have you guys on headphones. I Yes, I hope so.